know, he was the loud, boisterous one that was speaking up, you know, and saying, Jesus, you know, this or that, or, or correcting Jesus at one point. I mean, he was just, he was just an, always in a big mess. But Peter was also one of Jesus' closest disciples. He was one of his earliest followers. Of the 12, there were three that Jesus spent most of his time with, James, John, and Peter. When he went on top of the mountain of transfiguration and had that encounter with the Lord, he brought with him Peter, James, and John. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he told his disciples to stay and to wait, and they went a little bit deeper to pray, he took Peter, James, and John with him. There was something special about the relationship that Peter had with Jesus. I mean, Jesus at one point was asking his disciples, who do people say that I am? And Peter spoke up and he said, said you're, you're the Messiah. That's, that's who I think you are. And, and, and Jesus said, Peter, you're, you're right. And, and because of your faith, you, you're the rock that I'm going to build my church on. I mean, Peter was the disciple who walked on water. I mean, he had this kind of faith and belief in Jesus that that you didn't see in the other disciples. However, the night before Good Friday, when Jesus is sitting there with his disciples and they're going around the room and he's having this last moment with them, he's talking to the disciples about what it means to be great in the kingdom of God and what it means to serve and, and what it means to be a true leader and to lead people in the right way. He has this encounter with Peter where he says, Peter, I need to tell you something. You're going to deny me. You're going to deny that you even know me. He's like, that's never going to happen, Lord. I mean, I'm I'm willing to die for you. I'm willing to go to the grave for you. Whatever happens to you is going to happen to me because I'm not leaving your side. Then we find Peter in the garden They come to arrest Jesus, and just like the rest of them, he runs away. But Peter has that moment where he's like, I'm just going to kind of hang on the background and see what's happening to Jesus. So we find him in this courtyard, and and it says in in the NIV version that, that, that a little girl came up to him and said, aren't you one of his disciples? Just a little girl. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know that man. The scripture says, in that moment, the rooster crowed. Peter looked across the courtyard and he saw Jesus. And Jesus is staring at him. And just think about what it must have felt like to him in that moment. The betrayal. The betrayal that he felt. That he let down the person that he was closest to. Have you ever betrayed someone? I know I have. Have you ever let somebody down? I know I have. Have you ever betrayed yourself? You put that stake in the the sand, you say, I'm not, you draw the line. I'm not going to cross this. I'm not going to do this again. And yet you find yourself doing that very same thing, betraying the stance that you made. Have you ever betrayed a friend or a family member? That's where we find Peter. Standing in this open courtyard, looking at the heart of Jesus, feeling a betrayal that must have crushed him. 
And what I have to tell you today is that even though it's Friday, even though they didn't know it, even though Peter had no clue, there was a Sunday coming. And if you've ever been, have ever betrayed, there's a Sunday coming. There's a chance to find grace, forgiveness, and mercy. a very good day. But imagine what it must have been like for Mary. You know, Haley and I have been married for two and a half years now, and we're at that place where we're talking about children and wanting to have kids and all that stuff. And, you know, we don't even have kids yet, and we're already playing that game. If the Lord gives us children, I wonder what they're going to be like. Haley says, well, they're going to be honoring because you are, right? Yeah, they are. I said, they're going to be spoiled because you are, right? Yeah, they are. You know. I wonder if they're going to be like a typical preacher's kid and be getting into trouble all the time and like, no, they're not going to be doing that. There's going to be some, yeah. But you have dreams for your children, right, parents? Even the moment that you find out that you're having kids, you start thinking about, I wonder what my kid's going to be like, and I wonder what they're going to do. And, and then when you see them, and you see their character, and you see their heart, and you see the type of stuff they love and they like, you, you start imagining, you know, this kid is going to do this. They're going to be a doctor. They're going to be the lawyer. They're going to be great parents. They're going to dot, dot, dot. Right? And then you have Mary, who before she had Jesus was visited by an angel and said, you're going to be carrying the Most High God. Blessed are you, Mary. He's going to be something special, the Prince of Peace. And I know that Mary had to have known the Old Testament prophecies about Jesus. I'm sure she knew about Isaiah 53 where it says he's going to be bruised and crushed for iniquities, that the Messiah was going to have to suffer. I'm, suffer. I'm, I'm sure she knew those things. But I'm sure that didn't keep her from having dreams. And moms, can you even imagine what she must have felt like that day? Because like the disciples, she didn't run. She was there the whole time. She was standing there watching him bruised, watching him be beaten. She was standing there when he was crucified. She was there when he was taking his last breath. She saw it all like every mother, I'm sure, would have if it was their own. What was she feeling? I can tell you it wasn't a good Friday for her. Her dreams crushed for the son that was prophesied to do great things. Have you ever had a dream crushed? Maybe it was a a diagnosis from a doctor that said, you're not going to be this. 
can't do that. And when he made that pronouncement, it just stole something away from you. Maybe it was a kid, a loss, a family member that you loved, a dream taken, someone leaving you that you had high hopes for, that you thought had a bright future. We all have dreams, don't we? And for some reason in this world, they get taken. They get snuffed out. But like Mary, the beautiful thing is it may be Friday, but there's a Sunday coming. It's the day that dreams are restored. Life and hope is brought back to us. And Jesus said from the cross, I thirst. I always felt it was strange that the writers, the gospels put that in there. I thirst. I mean, I get when he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Or Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Or even Father, why have you forsaken me? But I thirst. I think it was a reminder for all of us of the humanity of Jesus. I mean, when we think about Jesus, it's, we, it's easy for us to remember that he was God, right? I mean, he walked on water. He fed 5,000 people with just a couple loaves and some fish. You know, he made blind people see again. He made lame people walk. He, he opened the ears of the deaf. Of, of, of the deaf. He, he, he wiped away leprosy people's body. I mean, he did miracles. He was God. But he was also a man. And he hurt. And he grieved. He was sad. He was broken. I don't know if you remember the scripture we just read a few moments ago when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. It says that he went into a deeper place and he started praying and he got up at one point and he went to his disciples and he looked at them and they were all asleep. He says, couldn't you guys even stay up with me for just a few moments? Couldn't you? And it says he goes back into the, into the garden, falls down in front of the Lord and, and he's so intensely praying and he's so distraught and he's so overwhelmed with grief and sorrow and just the the horror of the moment that his body begins to sweat drops of blood. It's that intense of a prayer and of grief. I mean, he was God, but he was a man. And he hurt and he thirsted just like you and And I think about what it must have been like for Jesus to stand, even though he he told Peter what's going to happen, even though he said, hey, Peter, you're going to let me down here tomorrow. Something bad's going to happen. You're going to deny that you even know me. I mean, I think about that grief that Jesus must have felt as it actually literally came true. And he was betrayed. He was let down. 
every single one of his disciples, except for one, fled. John was the only one that stood there beside his mother. The rest of them were gone. Can't imagine. But I get it in some sense. I don't understand the depth of what Jesus felt, but but I know what it means, what it feels like to be betrayed. I know what it feels like to be let down. I know what it feels like for someone that I was counting on to not come through, to kind of, in a sense, deny that they even knew me. I know that feeling. We live in a fallen world, and so I know that you do too. Can I tell you, though, that even though it's Friday and you may have been betrayed, there's a Sunday coming. And it's a day of forgiveness day of life, day of hope restored. For Peter, it's probably his lowest moment. Let down the one that he loved the most, that he said he was never going to betray. He betrayed. The devastation, the sadness, the horror he must have felt. For Mary, Good Friday wasn't very good. I mean, the dreams that she must have had for her child are gone, ripped away. Some Roman soldier and a bunch of angry Jewish men. Jesus, the pain, the betrayal, the hurt. It wasn't a good day. This evening, we want to have just a time of response. The beautiful thing that we know, that we know the rest of the story, that even though it's Friday, there's a day of hope coming. There's a Sunday where dreams are restored and forgiveness is given and dreams are are brought back to life. And this morning, or this evening, we just want to give you a chance to, to allow the Holy Spirit to Jesus work into your life. Maybe there's a moment in your history, in your time, where you let somebody down, where you betrayed, and you haven't, you haven't ever made that right. Or maybe there's a dream that's been taken from you that, that you want God to bring His healing. That doesn't mean... He always gives us the dream back, but he can always give us something better. And so maybe this evening there's a chance for you to just respond to God and say, you know, this dream, I I need healing in this place. I have a hurt that I need to be, see healed. And so up here we've provided a couple crosses and some paper and pins and nails and a hammer and, and... And if you want to, if the Holy Spirit's speaking to your heart, it's a chance for you to respond and and to nail that that word, that dream, that that pain, that person to the cross and just say, God, I need your Holy Spirit to bring healing and restoration to me. And I know it may be Friday. The cross is really big and bold, but there's going to be a Sunday where you're going to bring healing. And and God, I'm, I'm waiting for that day. And I'm trusting that day. Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would move and speak in our hearts. 
that you'd bring healing and comfort, that you would be the counselor that we need. Challenge us, work in us, encourage us. It's Friday. The day may seem dark, but the hope of life in Sunday is just around the corner. So we need you, God. We give these moments to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name.